What's up, guys? Welcome to the Dabao Podcast. Jada here. In this series, we bring Malaysians all around the world to you. We will have a glimpse of how life is at their side of the world. So what gave you the courage to go all in when you were 32? Yeah, in the moment I was married, my I posted my yeah. first video when my baby was born. Oh, <laughs> and you're think, looking at him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I think um, if you were to ask me a question, I can only say that I was crazy. Lah. Yeah, that, that was what <laughs> going on in my mind. Yeah, I was... What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Dabao Podcast. So... Money has always been a very sensitive topic to discuss among family, friends, and our loved ones. And we all know that money is not everything, but we still need money in quite a lot of things in life. So where would Malaysians learn about money? Well, one of the most common ways, well, I do that too, is to consume financial-related contents online, especially on YouTube. So today with us, we have a guest that you might not know his name, but I think that it's quite likely that you have heard about his YouTube channel called Mr. Money TV. Let's welcome Peter Yong, aka the Money TV guy to the Tapao podcast. Hi, Peter. Hello. Hi, Jada. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, I'm Peter. I'm the co-founder of uh, Mr. Money TV. So I've been in the financial industry for the past 10 years. It's been a really exciting one, uh, but about two years back, I decided to start a YouTube channel called Mr. Money TV to be able to share financial advice and financial knowledge with the Malaysian public, hopefully in future mm. Southeast Asian public, yeah, to be able to be more financially literate. Uh, because I really believe that uh, whatever situation or family uh, condition that you're born in, as long as you've learned some financial knowledge and you can get good at it, mm. there's a higher chance that you can get out of that and make a better life for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So before starting the YouTube channel, are you already very financially literate or you learn throughout this journey? In fact, I was born in a poor family. My family was uh, one where my dad was a bankruptcy. Yeah. And my mom never oh. did business and she was uh, always afraid of business because my dad bankrupt like two times. Yeah, he was mm. in the construction business. And certainly the reason that he failed in that business was cash flow. It wasn't even work quality or anything. It was just, uh, as you know, construction business is a very cash flow intensive business. Yeah, mm -hmm. So that's where he failed. Uh, so financial literacy certainly is not the thing uh, that, that my family has been good at. Now. So when was the point when you realized that, you know, learning money, learning about money is very important? Ooh, I, I remember as I was growing up, uh, mm. the thing that my mother always would tell us is that not enough money, la, you know. Uh, our family is like five bottles with uh, four caps. No matter how you try to cover, you cannot cover all the bottles. Uh, that's mm. all I learned about money at that point. Uh, and my dad will always say that money is not that important. What's most important is relationship. So as I grew up, I always felt that like money is not important. But later uh, in the days, my family moved up to PJ, Pataling Jaya. It's a city in KL where like uh, the urban mm. nights are, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom chose to put me in a, a school where, where directly in the center of PJ, where many of my schoolmates were quite rich family, I would say, like at least middle mm. upper. And many of them were businessmen, their family. 
And that was when I started seeing the difference between how they think about money and how I thought about money. And I saw the difference there and I started questioning myself like, is it, is it really that money is not good or is it the way we use money and the way we think about money and business, it's, it's just entirely different. That, that's why it led us to where we are. Yeah, and, and that moment onwards, I, I started paying attention to details like when they talk about um, a car and I would always think that like, oh, no money, buy the car. Then they were like, oh, they would, they would first focus on what's good about the car. You know, my immediate reaction is how much the car is worth. Uh, when they talk about businesses, they would think that, how can I make this business something great and can change the world or make me more money? But the first thing that came to my mind when I thought about business is, what if yeah. we fail? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so those were moments that made me realize like, like, crap, I think the way I think about money is just really very different. And yeah, that moment it started making me to go and read books like uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad, uh, mm-hmm. starting to read books about investments and so on to, to change the way I think about money. So it was a very conscious step, you know, at every point I was just reminding myself that like, hey, how will my friends think about money? Yeah, so like when I think about something mm-hmm. that I'll be like, oh, this is how I feel. And then immediately the next thing that I'll think about is, but is it just how I feel or is it really like that? How will other people think about money? And, and that got me started to change my perception about money itself. Yeah, I've heard some people talking about, uh, yeah, like, don't talk about money. It hurts the relationship. And then we care more about the relationship instead of the money, right? It's because that, like, there's no healthy relationship with, like, you know, with the person with money. That's why they always think that, oh, I prioritize the relationship, right? Especially when it comes to um, many relationships, as much as we think that we shouldn't be talking about money. Mm. Uh, but the truth is that money exists in every fiber of it, right? I mean, yes. like, um, as a fresh grad, uh, I still recall uh, my friends, at the moment I graduated, one day my friend called me and said, hey, let's go for yum cha, you know? And then I was like, oh, great, let's go yum cha. And, and in my mind, I was mm. really thinking of going to mama. But the next thing is that they sent me an address, it was a pub. And that night oh. itself, we spent like 100 over 200 ringgit, right, for drinks. And, mm. and that made me realize one thing, right? That um, even when you talk about friendship, you want to go and hang out, it has a lot to do with money. And many of us would just not say anything about it and then go for a drink and build it under credit card. And, and that's how that's built up. That's how many mm. overnights today don't end up saving a single dollar, right? Because you, you just got to keep up with them. And when they say go for a drink, when they say this and that, go and have that nice wagyu steak, you can't not be a part of it because you feel left out. So even the fiber of uh, social connections, it, it has to do with money. And there are certain stands that you just got to make if you want to be better financially. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you deal with like the kind of peer pressure that we just talked about back then? Well, I have to be honest with you that I did not. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so whenever my friends go for a drink, uh, go for a more expensive drink or whatnot, um, I would go. Uh, here and there, mm. I learned some tricks. Like uh, if they were to drink five pints of beer, I would drink slowly and drink only one pint so that by the end of it, they also won't, they also won't feel uh, nice to actually ask you to share the equal bill, right? So you only pay for yeah. the part. Sometimes it happens <laughs> that way. Uh, on the other hand, sometimes when they go for dinner first before they go for a drink, I would skip one of it uh, so that I can save more money and go for the other one, right? Uh, but I think from there, my my biggest 
response that came in was I decided that I need to earn more. Uh, so I, I always mm. ask myself this question like, okay, I can budget, but how far can I budget? And number two as well, I know very well that in order to do well in, in, in Korea, you need to build good connections because there's always this saying that uh, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know, right? So if mm. you're not willing to spend time and go for a drink with people, get to know friends, you know, um, then how far can it take you in your career? And especially for me, I, I wasn't a technical guy. I, I don't code, I don't do any uh, mathematics or whatnot. I'm, I'm just another business guy, right? So the kind of work that I do is very subjective. So you need to build good relationship with people around you. And and for that moment, it just hit me that, look, in, in order for you to, to, to build good relationship with people, you got to spend money. Uh, not to say that you go and bribe them or, <laughs> or yeah. buy them dinner, but, but just hanging out itself requires money. And especially if you want to hang out with people who are better than you, right? Like I would ask my manager out for a drink because right? you, you want to get to know your manager better and your manager would definitely spend more than, than you can, mm. right? So you will also need to spend the exact same amount in that night. And so that's the moment that I thought to myself, like, look, you, you need to actually increase your income. And so I got very aggressive at increasing my income. It came to a point that I, I just decided that, look, I think corporate career is too slow for me. I don't think mm. I'll be able to make it there. So within six months of working, uh, I quit the job. I, I became an Seriously? insurance agent. Yeah, yeah. I quit oh, my job in six months. Okay, okay. Yeah, my mm. first job, I, I got a management trainee job. Uh, my boss was pretty happy with me. She kind of gave the hint that uh, she wanted to build me to be the next assistant manager. So I was like the mm. cream of the crop among them. But yeah. uh, but I, I I spoke to my senior who was the previous cream of the crop and I realized that her income is not the kind of income that I think is good for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the moment, uh, when I first graduated, this is what my mom did, you know. After mm. two weeks, she said to us like, hey, you know, you guys are working now. I don't think I'm going to work. I think it's time that you guys take care of the family. I've worked long and hard enough. And at first you thought it's a joke, right? You thought like she's going to give you some time, right? Oh, wow. That's some real pressure. Yeah. Two weeks later, one day I went <laughs> home. I saw her at home, you know, halfway through because I was sick that day. I called mm. her sick leave. I went back and I saw her there. And then she was like not working. And I was like, hey, you never go on work, man? She's like, I retired, eh? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's a moment of truth. Yeah. Now mm. everything is on you. So uh, so that that kind of changed a lot of the way that I think and yeah, leaving the job immediately and, and, and I did insurance right after that. Lah. Yeah. 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 Like what's what's with the transition from like, you know, an insurance agent to becoming like, you know, to starting a YouTube channel? Did you like did you do that at the same time or you just quit one and started another? Uh, it was kind of at the same time, a little bit complicated because, mm. uh, as you know, insurance industry is that when you're doing well in it, you get some sort of a residue income for the next six years. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh, basically, I, I did well in the insurance industry. I became one of the managers at a, quite a young age. Um, but it came to a point uh, five years into to six years into the industry, um, Suddenly, I, I I don't know what hit me. I, I kind of hit the income that I want. So I always tell myself, I'm going to make X amount of money every month. And I hit that mm. money. But once you hit that, and that's the moment you start thinking to yourself, what's my next target, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And 
and at the moment when I start thinking about what's my next target, I, I recall very clearly that um, actually hitting that income for me was always something just to provide for the family. Uh, what I really, really wanted was I actually always believed that, uh, I, I recall last time when I was in DJ, sorry the story is a little bit messy, but I recall no, no, no. when mm. I used to study back in secondary school, right? Uh, there's this group of students who came from uh, Felda and yes. they are... They are they are certainly not from a rich family. They stay in a uh, they stay in a hostel, and I recall having a conversation with them uh, very often because some of them results are pretty good, so they are in my class as well. And uh, my own friends are very very rich, and I recall the difference between the kind of conversation they have. And and for me, being an urban poor guy, I can understand mm. both their angle and my friend's angle, and it 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 made me realize that like. You know, just, just by changing the way we think about money, about business, can make a huge difference in your living standard. And and that got me thinking like, what about this group of people? Who who are going to give them the opportunity to, to change their mindset, to educate them? Because as I grew up, as I became an insurance agent, uh, we serve people who are high net worth. That's where the value True. is, right? But hmm. the truth is, People with the high net worth, they, they have a queue of people waiting to serve them. <laughs> yeah. But but when it comes to Yeah, mm. but when it comes to this group of people who have who really, really actually need to be educated and need to be served, no one wants to serve them because the value is so small. Yeah. Mm. ROI. And, yeah, the ROI is so small, right? Yeah. And and and, and that that really hit me very hard because I belong to that group. But I, I learned to make my way out of that group and, and, and become where I am. And, and, and that, that became really like that, that question that just keeps burning in my mind after that. Like, like, what are you doing for this group of people? What are you doing for those people who actually can't pay you? What are you really doing for them? Like, are you really happy where you are just serving high net worth, uh, serving people who can pay you and stuff like that? And, and then I, after a while, I just got really, really tortured by that thought. Uh, yeah, I was I was very tormented by that vision. I would say, yeah, mm. <laughs> and and it just uh, I was so convicted that in the end I I decided, look, you really got to do something about it, and I I I drafted out this whole plan of building a a fintech ecosystem that can service the underserved, but the plan was so big. Mm. You see, it was such a big mm. plan. Uh, I had this whole big idea that like it will move from here to here to here to here and then they would be served the equal equal kind of service but a little bit mm. more leverage on tech, you know, all those kind of big dreams. After I drafted it out, right, I looked at it, I was like, wow, this is great plan and I started talking to some this friends. This is going to work. Yeah, and, and everyone <laughs> tell me that like, uh, no man, <laughs> you're crazy, <laughs> right? Yeah, and and the more you pitch it, the more you, you, you hear yourself talking about it, you also realize like, yeah, it, it sounds like a utopia, but it's not the current situation of where we are. Mm. Uh, and I asked myself this question, if this plan is going to work, what can I do immediately right now? And, and I realized the immediate thing that I can do is just to educate the public on financial knowledge because mm. everything hinge on this one thing where can the overall public receive good financial advice uh, without the need to be charged a certain fee. And at the moment, I thought, like, I, I think I can do that. I have a, I have a, I have a camera. 
I, I know how to edit some videos. I, I know how to operate YouTube. So I thought, you know what? Let's, let's just try by putting up one or two videos up and let's see where it goes. So I started recording videos, putting it up, and it became something that took away a lot of my time from my, my, my work. I can uh, imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, thank God for the, for the, for the, the residue income coming, coming in from my uh, personal financial planning business. Mm. Uh, after a while, I came to a position where I thought to myself, like, look, you, you can either pursue one or another. And that was six months down the road. And I made a decision to say, like, look, you are 32 years old. Uh, you, have, you, have done, you have done it before. You have made your own success once. Uh, mm. If you're not going to do it this time, then you're just wasting time. And so why not give it a shot? Yeah. And I decided that moment, like, look, I'm going to do this. So I went back to my insurance company. I sent in my uh, resignation as a manager and I demoted myself down back to be an agent so that I only need to serve my existing clients. Mm. And and I just went on full force doing what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that like, uh, if you look at the personal finance space for Malaysian YouTubers back then, right? There weren't many, like if you look at it right now, I think there were like Suyin and you and a few other guys and Suyin is doing her YouTube channel on the side. I know that, but you are doing it full time. So what gave you the courage to go all in when you were 32? Yeah, and the moment I was married, my I posted my yeah. first video when my baby was born. Oh, <laughs> and you're think, looking at him right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think um, if you were to ask me a question, I can only say that I was crazy. Lah. Yeah, that, that was not going on in my mind. Yeah, I was crazy. Uh, my wife was willing to entertain my craziness and I'm very privileged Aww. with that. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a very scary journey. It was a very scary decision. Uh, I cried over it many times. I struggled over it many times. I, 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 I really have that, like, you know, and, and along the way, because I, I was already doing well in my business, I have other people who actually offer me other opportunities as well. I mm. tried entertaining those while at the same time maintaining this, but in the end, you just came to a point like, look, you, you just have to pursue that, that, that crazy dream. If not, I, I think I wouldn't die happy. And I thought to myself, like, what am I going to say to my son, right? And mm. there's only two stories that I can end up telling my son. Number one is that, you know, Papa had this big dream, but because of family, because of all this, I gave up that dream to take care of you. Or I could have just said that, look, when, when Papa had you, I had the dream and I was willing to do whatever I can to make sure that that dream can happen so that things are going to be good and I can achieve my dream. And you are my motivation to be able to tell that story and one day that you remember you should pursue your dream. So I, I told myself there's these two versions of story that I can tell my son. Uh, I think I'll choose the later, although it takes a lot more risk. Yeah. So that's that's how I started. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah, because I was looking at the timeline, right? And then like uh, the timeline when you were married and I realized that they are actually all like happened almost like at the same period of time. So I was, I had that question in my mind and I believe like the support from like your wife 
played a very big part of you taking the move as well. And like, what were the impact that you had after making that move? Like, were you guys tight on cash flow and with, with like the little baby, you know? Yeah, very. Uh, I mm. mean, uh, put it this way, well before I did all this, uh, I was driving a BMW, I was uh, uh, living nice, I was having branded everywhere. Uh, uh, I Right after that, I sold the BMW, I oh, downsized really? our life. Yeah, we mm. did not. We did not move into a house. We did not buy a house right after that. We we chose to move back with in-laws. Uh, and yeah, I mean, my kids' stuff are all secondhand. Yeah, uh, your stroller is secondhand. Yeah, we don't buy mm. new things. My wife gave birth in a government hospital. Uh, and I mean, a lot of financial decisions that you're just going to make to make sure that that, that things are going to go well, right? You've got to learn to just downsize your life. you just got to... You just gotta stuck stick through la, and and mm. and that moment also we have debts we have debts some more, uh, yeah. But I but I thank God that like I mean, prior to this I was already earning well in the insurance business and that really did help me quite a lot uh, because previously I was already doing well. So you just need to learn to cut down on lifestyle. It took us about six six months uh, to mm. to really really cut down. Yeah, and then to tell your family, uh, let them know that like, look, we I'm not as rich as before. Uh, in fact, things are really tough. So, <laughs> yeah. Terima yeah. kasih so, for understanding, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Here's the thing about chasing dreams, right? Like people always tell you that, oh, if you have a dream, then you just go all in but if you don't have the safety net right like for you is the income that you have accumulated and continue to receive after quitting the job mm. like it, it's gonna give you so much fear and so my advice right is to definitely ask yourself like what are the things that you are scared of and then you go and work on it and then when you feel safe then you only go on if not you just dwell on it like oh what if i didn't quit Oh, what will happen, you know? I believe that you have to calculate your cost, count your cost mm. in, in a mission, right? Uh, at the end of the day, you, you, you can't go in ice, like blur blur like that, and then later you realize that, <laughs> crap, I gotta sell this, I gotta sell that, I gotta, I gotta downsize my life, then I'm not willing to pursue that, right? Yes. Before you head in, you gotta know already, like, okay, this is the, 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 the trouble that I'll be going through. This is the kind of things that I'll be feeling. This is the kind of things that I'll be hearing. This is how, how it will go. Uh, and so you got to ask yourself that question. Are you willing to give up all that? Are you willing to suffer all that? Just to have that hope that you can make something that you said happen. And remember, yeah, it's just hope, a hope. Right? <laughs> so you, you got to ask yourself, is it worth it? No? Yeah. Mm. So how did you deal with like, you know, like, you know, the, the perceptions of the people around you starting from square one again? Um, I think no one really said anything about, like, like, no one would come to you and say, like, hey, are you doing well now? You know, that kind of thing, right? Mm. And in a lot of other people's opinion, they probably also think that you are doing very well. That's why you decided to branch out. <laughs> mm. Only your family would know. Uh, mm. some, some friends who are very close with you would know. Um, the only thing is just like you will tell people your dreams and people will tell you that it's impossible or people will beat you down with your dreams Um, 
I think here's where you need to be very, you need to be very self-aware. Uh, mm. What do I mean by that is that I think there's a slight difference between someone who's so crazy who tell you a dream that's almost in, like really, really impossible versus a dream that is really hard to achieve. Yeah. And mm. self-awareness plays a very important role because um, it, it, it helps you to acknowledge like, okay, these are certain things that are, that are really just nonsense. These are things that <laughs> we can do, but it's hard. Yeah, and someone is telling you it's hard, so don't do. Then I'm going to do, because if not, why am I going on this path, right? So I'm going to do the hard things, right? Yeah. But if it's impossible, and it's something that I know with my current ability, it is impossible to achieve, then don't, don't spend too much of time thinking about the impossibility. Thinking It's better to think about what's the next step that you can do. Like for me, in my case, True. I don't know how to code. I don't know how to do any tech stuff. I, I, I literally don't even know how to build a website properly. But now I'm telling everyone that I want to do a fintech, right? Mm. But I know in that whole process, the first thing I need to do is to make sure that people understand what I'm trying to say and people receive the same financial knowledge that I've been talking about. And now mm. immediately, the only thing I can do is I have a camera. I know how to, I have a Google account. I know how to upload a video on YouTube. Let's start with that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't wait till people are willing to buy your dream and invest money in you. Don't wait till people saying like, yeah, that's a great dream. I'm willing to follow you along, you know. Yeah, that's wonderful, mm. you know. Um, you, you don't have to wait for that. Just, just do what you can do immediately. And yes, it looks very small. Like when I first uploaded <laughs> a YouTube video, it, it looks so far away from, from what I was trying to say. Everyone thought mm. that I want to be a KOL. Literally, until today, right? Some people say what I want to be is a KOL. But KOL is not what I want to be. But it's so mm. far. But it's okay. I'm willing to go through a path. And, and I think that here is where many people can't see that. They want to have that one step, that the straightaway step into their entrepreneurial mode where True. people see them as doing something great. But you don't have to, you know, because everything great starts with something small. So small that nobody actually cares. Yeah. Yeah. So before this interview, I was like going through Mr. Money TV's YouTube channel and I went all the way down and I realized this Peter talking towards the camera and it was kind of shaky. The resolution was not great. <laughs> we all start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Do you know that the first video took me four days to complete? Really? Yeah, four days. My God! You 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 were putting on makeup for three days, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, uh, I was like trying to memorize the script, and then the script mm -hmm. was wrong, and I didn't know what to say, and I got camera freeze, and the battery went wrong, the lighting went wrong, you know. <laughs> yeah. Wow! There are so many things days. that could go wrong, and like even with the podcast, and I believe with your YouTube channel, until today, right? Things still go wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But better today with a team. Yes. Uh, then, yeah, yeah. nowadays it's uh, so much better. But yeah, it, it, anything could go wrong. And as an entrepreneur, you just need to learn to adapt. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, right? And it's written that you are a content strategist, a content creator, a chief storyteller. So what do you actually do at Mr. Money TV right now? Oh, um, that's a very, very good question. 
sometimes mm. I ask myself that question as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, as a startup, you do everything, uh, literally True. everything. Uh, these days, uh, being in the condition of where we are, uh, we are we are very grateful that during the COVID, actually our our business expanded, our team grew, uh, mm. more businesses and more financial institution understand that marketing for for uh, financial uh, brands is way more than just a model standing there with your brand, but it's a lot of education. Yeah. Mm. And, and so we're, we're lucky in that sense, right? And so now we have a team. Uh, my partner, my co-founder actually manages the production. So I don't have to deal with the production now. I only need to write the content. Uh, I have another uh, guy here, uh, one of our teammates here also helps to write the script. So I just need to check his script and then make sure it's Jalan, then either he records it or either I go for it. Mm. Yeah. And so that's content creation. That's number one. Uh, definitely content planning is part of the thing. Uh, but mm. nowadays I'm slowly relieving that content planning part to them. Uh, I'll just see from a bird's eye view. Uh, I'll be in the meeting with them. You know, we'll chat, we'll talk about it. But my opinion is more of um, looking at the overall and say like, look, uh, yeah, that's great. These are the individual title, but maybe you should try this direction first. Yeah, you know, that kind of like more bird's eye kind of stuff. Uh, but on the other hand, that that's really busy is um, it's actually on the business development side. So we deal mm. with banks, we deal with a lot of financial institutions. So it's on me to build those relationships with banks, to fight for opportunities, uh, to do their marketings. And um, on the other hand as well, uh, the, the community that we are building so yes. we actually build a community around ourselves. Uh, that's how we, we start this thing. And so how to actually grow this community will, will be the thing that's always on my mind and how to benefit them. Because Mr. Money TV, our position is that we want to be the number one financial resource in Malaysia. Mm. So so every day that's just in my mind. Uh, even Sunday, you know, eating with my wife mm-hmm. halfway, she'll be like, you are thinking about work, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, then uh, <laughs> thinking about staff management, uh, who do we need, you know, because uh, now we are expanding and then we need to hire, then you have a lot of questions that you've got to ask yourself, like when you hire this fellow, what do you want this fellow to do, what are the skills that you need, what's the culture that you want to build, um, how do you want to build it, how are you going to set up the whole company system to make sure that whoever joins you will is, is, is set up for a success rather than a failure. Uh, mm a lot of all these kind of management questions and um, on the other hand as well, we are looking at building our own product right now. So uh, it's really exciting times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so strategizing on like how do we fit that in? How are we going to run the marketing? So literally everything, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah from A to Z, from what you just said for the past like few minutes. Yeah, yeah, literally everything, literally everything. Yeah, but I'm I'm grateful that I have a, I have a team to help mm. the execution so that I can I can focus on the the thinking part and uh, we always have this philosophy in the team is that we entertain the craziness and very often the craziness is me lah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll get crazy ideas then they will think about like okay, you know what? We'll go behind this crazy idea and rally together and, and go forward. Yeah, so so basically literally everything yeah. Yeah. So you went from like pure execution to like you know a strategic planning for the company right now. I would say. Yes, with with quite a bit of execution as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. But yeah. 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 
But I believe like not many of our audiences would know that, you know, we always only see like the videos that are pro- produced by, you know, the Mr. Money TV team, right? But we didn't know that there are actually like other sides of the businesses that you're building as well. And I believe that, um, I so right now, are you guys focused on like, other than, of course, providing free videos on YouTube, do you guys actually provide like paid contents, like, you know, paid interactions as well? Yes. Uh, we, we have uh, we have an education arm. So uh, what happened is that uh, during the MCO period, we a lot of the media media contracts were like, you know, on hold, right? So mm. uh, we decided to do education during that time. Uh, and so we have this stock. Uh, we, have, we teach stock investment. Uh, mm. And we teach it for five, I think 499, if I'm not wrong. Uh, so we have a goal, which is all our education will be in the sub 1000 or hopefully is within the sub 500. Yeah. Cause mm. we want it to be affordable. Yeah. And so that's one of our income. Uh, but currently we are trying to make it into e-learning so that we relieve our life phase there. Cause education is yeah. not really our main business. We mm. just want to make sure that, um, that everyone gets better. And right now I have a, I have a friend who's a investment banker, uh, who, who, who used to do fund managers, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and he is uh, thinking about coming on board to help us build a more a more IB standard kind of education for for the public. So, um, mm, I mean, sorry, yeah, sorry to say, but like, like, uh, I mean, whoever that's listening, lah, right? Uh, the truth is, the financial education landscape, especially in uh, Malaysia, has always been one where it's very guru style. Like people charge you a very expensive fee, and then uh, we all will agree to that. Yeah, yeah, and and, mm. and and I can be honest. Like sometimes people are charging about twenty thousand, thirty thousand for one course, right? Uh, I look yeah. at their syllabus, and I know very well that like um, it is it is the <laughs> what do you call uh, uh, Put it this way. So when I showed my friends who are from IB, this is exactly the word that they would say is uh oh this one uh. uh is the usual, you know, the every year the CPD kind of thing, the certified mm. professional thing that you have to go for every year. Those kind yeah. that uh, people in the business would just go there and then sleep to get their points so that they can fulfill qualification. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if we were to being taught in a in a bank's contract base, uh, each person will only be charged like what two hundred ringgit to three hundred ringgit. Yeah, at most. Yeah, because mm. that really doesn't help you to make a good investment decision. What really helps you make a good investment decision is actually the research, the, the conviction that you learn to build, it, it is way mm, different than that. True, it's really true, true. industry practice. Yeah. Yes. So um I managed to convince a friend of mine who's an IV to 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 help out with this area. Cause uh <laughs> exciting really, times. Yeah, so at the back we always mock mock all these kind of things, lah, but like we, we laugh we laugh at it. We talk and everything or we'll talk about the Malaysian financial literacy standard. And all of them agree that um Malaysians' financial literacy when it comes to investment, especially, is very, very low. And mm. and it doesn't help when when the education outside is is one that is like high paying and try to squeeze you more of your money day in, day out, that kind. Like just trying mm. to teach you some very simple thing but get you pay more. So they they were willing to help out and and you know build this part with me. Yeah. So those we actually uh, charge a little bit. Uh, so like I think we have a currently I'm working with uh, my my IB friend. He has a market update group. It's kind of like uh, 
it's kind of like how investment banker early in the morning at six o'clock they will step into their office and then they will sit down together and then talk about the different market ideas. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so it's really industry practice kind of thing. Uh, and it will charge one ringgit a day for that. Uh, mm. And like uh, we have an e-learning that currently now we are building and we are probably going to give it in the sub 500 range. Yeah. And mm. yeah. So these wow. are the two things. Yeah, these are two things that we are we are going to launch. Uh, one of the reasons is because there's a lot of requests. Uh, every every day mm. we get people asking us, "Can you teach? Can you teach? Can you teach?" And so that's why we wanna put it on to e-learning, and then you all go and sign up and learn. Uh. because for me, end of the day, the money I want to make is not from the education side. Yeah. Mm, I, so, like, which part of the business is netting you the most like income? Uh, currently, uh, the one that net us the most income is still in the area of uh. Uh, I don't know whether I should share this. <laughs> right, I'll tell you later whether to cut or not. <laughs> okay, 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 sure. Uh, so, uh, most of our media media works are the ones that yes. they are netting us the most income. Yeah, mm. so our media deals with banks and uh, financial institutions and brands. Yeah, that's the one that's netting us the most income. Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys are interested, you know, in getting a little bit more of like, you know, personal touch or like, more i would say like a more customized learning plan to learn more about you know financial knowledge you should definitely contact mr money tv and his team and since we have mr money tv on the show we have to talk a little bit about money so i believe that many of us have just like received our bonus pay raise and probably some extra cash during chinese new year so let's explore a little bit about lifestyle inflation so in short, it means that, you know, your expenses increase along with your income. So for example, if you have a pay raise, you think that it's time for a better car or a new iPhone. So Peter, are you guilty of having lifestyle inflation this year? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not no? Really. Yeah, no. Wow. Yeah, I think I've passed that. I mean, I changed my phone last year because uh, mm. my, my iPhone 6 finally when the position that is uh yeah it, it dies in half an hour uh, with my battery so mm. so i changed to uh, the iphone 11 not even the pro yeah oh mm. <laughs> yeah um I, I mean i i bought some hobby last year uh i mean i made a i made some money on the stock market so i bought myself yeah. some uh, diving gears uh, mm. other than that no no change car no nothing uh, we bought a house yeah uh, we bought a house because the Aww. interest rate was low and yeah, um, good time, good time. Yeah, it was a good deal. You know, we got a house in Montcara at, at a very at a below market rate. Uh, but we plan to rent it out. We don't plan to stay in it. Yeah, <laughs> an investment <laughs> property. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, after all thinking about it and yeah, I think uh, it's still not the time to 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 move up our lifestyle yet, lah. Yeah, let's just remain yeah. at the, you know, like basic lifestyle. They'll be fine. Yeah, so not really, not much of a up upgrades for me. Put in yeah. more money in investment. Yes, upgrading my investment. Yes. Yeah. Mm, same for that, me. Yeah. yeah. So why do you think lifestyle inflation is bad? If you are looking to achieve, you know, financial freedom. I'll share with you a very simple story that a friend actually shared with me once. This guy is, uh, I would say he's arguably a billionaire. Uh, mm. One of those very, very rich guys, but you will never know who he is, that kind. Uh, <laughs> and uh, to my surprise, if you've ever been to his house, he lived like a 
guy who has no money. Lah. Yeah. Oh, really? He goes for a haircut that is eight ringgit. He when he meets me, he would be driving a Honda City. Yeah. But oh, really? I know very well. Yeah, I know very well hmm. that uh, some of the crazy story within his family can go to a point of uh, uh, renting a private jet to fly to London, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are talking about charge card, right? So, <laughs> so we know how rich these people are. But mm. he always shared with me this one thing. He say, "Uh, the reason why I live like that is because then I won't get distracted by money." Yeah. He said, when mm. you're so distracted by the joy of like having the enjoyment of money, it distracts you off your eyes from the real game, which is the business, the career, and so on. Uh, so that's on a bigger picture. But on the other hand as well, uh, as a normal citizen who doesn't think like, I want to build some great big dreams, right? The question is, I think this time around, COVID really shows us a lot of things. Mm. I mean, just imagine if you bought if you bought a Chanel bag that's worth 20000 one of the top ones, and COVID hit, where are you going to carry that Chanel bag to, man? Uh. <laughs> right? Or like, I bought the nice LV belt or Hermes belt that I always wanted. <laughs> oh, the webcam is just half of my body until my, you know, yeah, it's not going to do much good for me. So... <clears throat> And I think that this COVID really showed us one thing. At the end of the day, whatever that you're wearing, whatever that you are, you are trying to show people you have, actually really doesn't matter. Because it, it doesn't, doesn't make you really happier. Unless it really does make you happier. Then, mm, then, mm, mm. Yeah. So I always believe that, that lifestyle inflation will happen. However, it is very important that you think wisely what really makes you happy. Does, does buying that, sure. that Hermes really make you happy? If it really, really does give you joy for the next 10 years, go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. by all means. Yeah, by all means. Yeah. So figure out what is, the, what is the thing that really, really makes you happy. If it doesn't make you happy, it's just a momentary kind of thing, you know, don't bother because at the end of the day, if let's say another COVID hit or any form of uh, bad market comes up by itself, you are going to be in terrible, terrible debt position that will take you years to get out. Yeah. Mm. And it's just going to hold you back for a long period of time. It's not worth that, that sleepless night that you're going to go through with. Lah. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. And I think that like we, we can't get everything that we want. So if you really, really want something, then you pick your battles, I would say. Like, if you really like bags, then you don't, like, you know, get all bags, car and everything. And if those are the things that don't make you happy, then don't buy things to prove to the people that might not care about you. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm even in a point right now in my life, right? Mm. I, don't mind, I don't mind staying in a rented house for the rest of my life. Do you know that? Mm, like, yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about that. Yeah. And, and I'm literally saying that, like, Okay, assuming if my business is going to do really, really, really well and I'm going to make even way more than before, I mm. still wouldn't mind staying in a rented house. I will probably be still driving my beat-up Peugeot. Uh, I'll probably <laughs> still be driving my Myvi. You know, I'll, I think I'll be pretty okay with that. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but it takes a lot of like you know time and and a lot of incidents that happen in our life to eventually reach that point where we can say that hey, I don't need this, and like yes, agreed. Were there any moments like this in your life? Uh, I mean, I mean, I have the privilege of saying it just like what you said. I've gone through it myself. I've mm-hmm. uh, been, I've, 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 I've lived, bought my luxurious car. I've uh, wore my luxurious clothes, bought luxurious watches, and and yeah, you just came to a place when you decided to start your own business. They realize that all this doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> uh, then that's yeah. the moment that it changed. But yeah, if you haven't tried that before go ahead and try it. But uh, then there's two ways that you can learn in life, right? Uh, mm. You learn from other people's story or you learn from experience. And learning of our experience <laughs> will certainly be more painful. But yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a better lesson to learn. So yeah, man, I always believe in this. Do whatever you like. Yeah, yeah true. By all means. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's very hard to convince people, you know. So like, you can't tell people not to bang the wall, but but you can be there when they bang the door and they tell you that it's painful, right? So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what are your visions for like Mister Money TV? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about how how much I should say. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. When you ask me that, I think a lot about details, right? But the business plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let me just put it this way. Um. It's gonna be a PR answer, but not too PR. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that that's something I'm not very good at. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Our vision for Mister Money TV in our team is to make Mister Money TV the number one financial resource in Malaysia, uh, or mm. Southeast Asia. And what do we mean by that is that literally for any fresh grad or for any person. When they think like, hey, it's time that I want to learn to manage my money. The first channel that they'll turn to is Mr. Money TV. Mm. And from there, they will be able to, to uh, do the remaining financial planning needs that they have. Uh, like whether do they want to educate themselves further or do they want to acquire a financial product or do they want to... Uh, open an account, you know, whatever whatever that has to do with money, they just need to go ahead into Mr. Money TV and then from there, they can get whatever they need right after that. Yeah. Mm. So that is literally the kind of uh, company that we want to build or the kind of business that we want to build. Wow. So definitely like a very, very, very like grand vision and I think I'm really, really excited to see like what other things that you guys will, meet, will be implementing soon. So like you have really shared a lot of like you know insights towards like what happens behind the scene for Mr Money TV and for our audiences that would like to stay connected with you and learn a little bit more about personal finance, how can we do that? You can find us on uh, YouTube. It's uh, Mr Money TV, or you can check us out on Instagram as well. It's also Mr Money TV. And Facebook as well is also Mr. Money TV. It's pretty standard and simple. Uh, just Google it. Uh, just find it on YouTube. Uh, you'll be able to find it there. Yeah. Yeah, and the person that's talking to you, his name is Peter. So <laughs> if you see him in the street, just call him Peter, okay? Don't call him. Do people actually come to you and call you, hey, you Mr. Money TV? Uh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, I think I'm more known as Mr. Money TV or either Mr. Money. Uh, yeah. which is which is good and bad uh, 
Uh, yeah, which is kind of cool actually. <laughs> well, I see it like I see it like uh, how Tony Fernandez started Asia, right? Like everyone mm. remember he's the Asia guy until yeah. when everything is coming to a place, then he steps back, and and that's mm. the same. That's the same thing that I am uh, trying to be, lah. Yeah. Wow. So thank you so much, Peter, for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Jada, for inviting me. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Drop me a DM at Instagram at jaida underscore ow if you like to have more contents like this. And let me know who you like to have on the show next. Don't forget to stream all of our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Stay healthy, stay safe. I'm Jada Al from the Dabao Podcast, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.